Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spoiler alert. This podcast will cover events in the most recent episode of Game of Thrones on HBO. If you have not seen that episode, you may want to skip this podcast. Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George Railroad Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series, you're listening to Podcast Little Fell. And now, here's your hosts, Heath Solo and W. Axel Folo. Welcome back to episode three of Podcast Little Fail, covering season five, episode three of Game of Thrones. Woo, that was quite an intro there, Heath Solo. I'm ready for this. How you doing, pal? Ah, uh, Vala Margolis. Yes, Vala Duharis, if I pronounce that correctly. Yes. Do the Harris. Harris. A new dance in Westeros. Yeah, baby. I am so ready to talk, man. Um, I wasn't able to be on the initial reaction last night. My back went out on, what, Thursday? And when I mean went out, I mean it hasn't been this bad in years, man. Like, I could hardly even walk. Oh, I get such pains in my thighs and shooting down my legs. It's terrible, man. But, you know, I just, I had to uh, buckle down and take care of myself. And thankfully, people at work uh, really understanding. And my wife, too. Even my little son. And I'm, I'm on the road to feeling good, feeling better, just relaxed. I'm ready to talk about this show. I I, I think I rewatched parts of it to about 20 episodes while I was laying on my big Irish ass, and uh, <laughs> now I'm ready to talk about Game of Thrones. I, last night's episode was so dense, man. It's like it's so I I don't know. I was drawn in like I had not been drawn in for a really long time, and I just really felt the weight of the episode there was a lot of heavy stuff going on a lot of movement um i don't let's let's start with something crazy which took me completely by surprise is that Littlefinger has arranged sansa to marry the sadist of the century ramsey bolton what's up with that dude i was like it's funny because before i watched last episode uh, last night's episode, I rewatched last week's because I loved last week's. And I didn't even remember the part where a marriage has been arranged. And okay. Sansa's like, oh, isn't it a little early, you know, Uncle Baelish? And he's like, nothing's too early. No, he didn't say that. I just want to get my Baelish voice on this morning. Uh, but no, and then it's like Ramsey Snow. Quiet, and the whole time I'm thinking, Ellie. oh, my gosh, Sansa was about to marry Joffrey. Who's, you know, treat. all hail King Joffrey. There you go, Bubba. But, and now Ramsey Snow, who might be worse than Joffrey, 
This is crazy. This this Sansa is uh man, I hope she gets her revenge because my god, uh, Axel. She's the guy she's got about to marry is a freaking psycho. Dude, dude. Socio. It's like um, you know, uh Sansa Farmer will have her revenge on Winterfell. <laughs> you know, like she is just a woman who a young woman who has been um manipulated, used, up um made into a pawn. You know, even when okay, so I know that our friend Donald is not a big fan of Sansa, okay? And I saw him even on Twitter this morning say, if you think that Sansa is now finally doing something, you don't realize that she's still just doing something that someone told her to do. Okay. Which I agree with. Okay. What, what little finger, the, 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 uh, the, the lie basically that he fed her. Okay. Which is. Avenger family. The reason why I set this up was for you to serendipitously uh, have the opportunity to kill Ramsey and Roose Bolton and uh, and take back Winterfell and Avenger family, which I think is a lie. I think Little Littlefinger is doing it because he's always playing all sides. We also learn that Cersei is completely oblivious. That's how dumb she is. She's completely oblivious to Littlefinger that he just disappeared, that he went. She just has no idea what he's doing. And remember, she sends him, the when she started to send him the note, I was like, what the hell is she talking to Littlefinger for? And then yeah, I realized yeah. no one has any idea that he was a part, that he killed Joffrey. She never put it together. There was no... She, for all I, for all I know, Cersei still thinks that that Tyrion did everything. Yeah, she, she's so blinded by yeah. her hatred towards her brother that she's missing the big piece of the puzzle. And I'm very curious to what Cersei asked Littlefinger in that in the uh, letter. Well, she said immediately. Yeah, remember the one the one word that she said is um, she uh, uh, as she was kind of trailing off, right? Like leaving the room, she said, "And make sure that that reads right now or immediately or something." You know, I think that um, maybe he tricked Cersei into saying, "I'll spirit Sansa away." And protect her until you need her. And then I'll bring mm. her back to you. And all this time, we thought that Cersei thought that Sansa just miraculously escaped at, at the same time that Littlefinger did. Or else it's been, or else we don't know. You know, that's not, I, I don't think, I don't know if the show... I know both of us are thinking right now, I wish Matt was here so we could ask him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> does the show directly say what, 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 what is the timeline in Cersei's head and what does Littlefinger think Cersei knows? But it's obvious now that they have been in communication this entire time while he's been off at the Erie and doing it. She knows he's at the Erie. 
Yeah. And I thought that we didn't yeah, know I'm... that she knew he was at the Erie. I th- I don't know. You know what? I think it just goes to show, regardless, I don't really think that's what's important. I think what's important, even to the casual or non-casual viewer, book reader or non-book reader alike, is that Cersei has very little idea or or real control of what is actually happening in the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, and I think they were on the small council together when they talked about him going to marry Aunt Liza, so she probably knows he went there but has no clue she he picked up you know he had set everything in motion with the Tyrells so you're right the key to this whole thing is we now I'm very leery to wonder if Cersei sometimes acts dumb or she's you know working the judges or she know but to honestly this is the first episode where I felt she did not know what's going on, or she let things happen. Just that scene with her and Marjorie, it just, I almost felt bad for her, and then I forgot, wait a minute, I'm supposed to hate her? She seems very lost, and she's yeah. pushing away. She pushed away Jamie, which she shouldn't have, but she's so frustrated and that she's losing grips. And does she think that she's really going to get on top again with, Master uh, Maester Kyburn and now Jonathan Price, the High Sparrow. That's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. You know what? Cersei in this show right now is a perfect example of the old adage: even a broken clock is right twice a day. Which is that? There you go. The only time she really is in power and really has any kind of say in anything is when everything perfectly aligns. For that to be the case. And at certain times we've seen that. And she's been able to exert what we feel is power. But now look at everyone. Even Littlefinger said it. Without Tywin, they're nothing. You know, Jamie's a one-handed knight. And Cersei is just flailing about. You know, she obviously wants more power. And I think that... um, it, it it just goes to show that she's trying to attach herself to something, okay? And we see her talking to mm-hmm. the High Sparrow, uh, Jonathan Price, right? Who, what a, what mm-hmm. a, first of all, what a fantastic introduction. I really... Oh, I know. It was so Jesus of Nazareth. You know what I mean? Like... There he is instead of, you know, her looking. And I think they also, they could have, um, it was subtle. They could have, the directing could have overplayed that hand, you know? Like had Mm -hmm. him like cradling a dying baby. You know, he was just basically, she's looking around for him thinking um, this road, because how everyone parted and she's used, like they showed how when she walks in the world, it was very telling shot cinematically when she walks in the world everything parts in front of her and she's always going up right yeah she, yep. she's mm-hmm. ascending and the and the and the waters part for her so much so that she can daintily hold her dress as the other people cower to the sides so as not to even be near her rarefied air and mm-hmm. as she turns this corner She's asking people, and of course, you know, as soon as I saw the actor, I knew it was him because 
not that I knew it was him, but that I knew it has to, this is, this guy's a great actor. You know what I mean? There's no way he's going to be an extra in the show. (laughs) Right. So you knew it was him. So he's a big fan. Yeah, dude, he's that. Yeah. I mean, he's very famous. He's been in a lot of fantastic stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, I just thought that the whole thing played out magnificently. They didn't overdo it too much. And the answers that he had for her, at first, it seemed like, is he going to play this like uh, like Jock and Hagar or like some of these other religious people where he's going to be so mysterious? But really, he had kind of a, like a, a funny Zen way about, answering her questions that was very astute and philosophical, but also humorous and always leading back to, well, I'm just a regular person. Yeah. Do you realize that it's funny the people Cersei attaches herself to, especially lately seems to be a certain kind of human, uh, Kyburn, I guess, and and now with the High Sparrow, it looks like it's it's personalities that aren't too strong, but she's intrigued by them, and they're not forceful or I don't know. It's just interesting how she's latching herself to a different type of person now. Maybe, you know, maybe opposite of her dad, opposite of Jamie. It's just it's very interesting because now, like, even the way she treats uh. Was it Meister Eamon? I, I I can't remember all the Meister names. The one that has all the poisons, who's on the small council, is like, yes, Tyrion, you are terrible. Yeah. That guy, like, she's, like, totally dissing him, and it's awesome, because mm-hmm. I can't stand him. But it's interesting. She's going through a big, uh, I'm not going to say transformation, but it seems like her thoughts are scattered. She's focusing on certain things. I think the biggest problem, though, if she could have just aligned herself with Tyrion, things would have been different for her. But she couldn't get over the fact, you know, he, he's an imp, killed killed their mother in childbirth, and just really, it was all about, you know, like you said, she's focused on how she thinks Tyrion killed Joffrey and is losing sight of the big picture. And so she's made so many mistakes, but yet, She's, it's almost like she's going on this different path, but it, 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 I, I'm at the edge of my seat, believe it or not, because this episode, a lot of people were t- like, I've heard some people talk, oh, it's slow, but but you're right, it's so dense, and if you're in the world of Game of Thrones, this episode had so much, and, and, and DJ Timmy Hines, I listened to the initial reaction on podcast Winterfell last night, and he says, this could be the episode that we've referenced back to. And I and he's right. There's so many things that we might not know yet. Like we see certain scenes, okay. But at the end of the year, we're gonna go back to this episode and be like, oh my gosh, did you see what was happening? And that's what I love. And I'm interested in the whole Cersei journey. So that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting because we're so used to seeing her. And that's what, you know, earlier I remember when we talked about in the first episode, the first scene with her. And I said, I was mm-hmm. confused and I still am kind of confused because she's confused 
She, you're right. I think if you were to analyze the type of people that she's trying to align herself with, it's the weak. It's people that both of those guys are guys that had been thrown out and she's going to be their savior. And they, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfectly said. Yeah. You know, they can look up at her. And now uh, she rides through. It's very, okay. It's also very telling that the shot where she is riding through her carriage and everyone is calling for Marjorie, right? Which I mm-hmm. could not interpret as either was it that Marjorie was in the, the um, carriage behind her or was it that they had mistaken her carriage line for Marjorie's? Because they had saw, seen like feminine royalty, so they assumed it was the queen. And that was even mm-hmm. more embarrassing. But those shots of her walking to meet the high sparrow and in the carriage are the same. It's like the same shot. It's a long sh- down. A, I wouldn't even be surprised to find out that they shot it on the same road or something. You know, it was it looked almost the same. The, the series of centered shots were the same from both sides. Um, and it basically spoke to the fact that she's searching. Maybe she thinks if I get with this high sparrow, the people will love me now. Mm. Yeah, because remember, even back to last season, when Marjorie took Joffrey, when they were in the old Targaryen like castle or whatever, and th- th- she goes, let's go say hi to the people. And they're exactly. like, Marjorie, Marjorie. And she's like, oh, look at what she's doing with my son. And, she, you know, and Marjorie, you know, stepping out and helping the feeding the people and just grasping, you know, getting the people behind her. It looks like she's almost trying to do exactly what Marjorie has done, but will it be too late? Who knows, but you're right. That's what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting, man. Really interesting stuff. So, um, let's head over to the wall and chat about what old already. Ooh, it is getting, it's getting chilly, man. Chill bone in the wall. Uh, by the way, <laughs> listening audience, I know we're, 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 we're only on to our second subject and we're far into the podcast, but Heath and I had just discussed that since neither of us were able to take part in the initial reaction, and we love this episode, uh, that we might go a little long. So do prepare yourselves. Not super long, but probably longer than a half hour today. Right, Solo? Yeah. Well, hey, you'll listen to podcast Little Phil. Lie, did you I, I was so I was so I was laughing so hard. If if you listen to the initial reaction, gotta love Matt. He 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 called Winterfell Littlefell and didn't realize it. It was awesome. I think he's like a podcast Littlefell on his mind. His That's little awesome. baby. Matt has created his little baby and we're his little child and we're spreading our wings. Okay, whatever. All right, <laughs> I don't know Dude, where I'm going with that. We so, we are like we are like the mountain underneath that um that sheet, <laughs> just kind of like gyrating a little bit, and Matt's just like, "Calm down, my precious." Yeah, dude, it's like it's like the theme of the show this week was happy endings. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, there you go. Oh, solo, <laughs> come on, you totally took my mind off what I was gonna say. Oh, Jon Snow, what the John hell? Woo, man, I'm I pissed. was, dude, I was. First of all, this they're really throwing me this season because I was so anti-Stannis the first couple episodes, 
And I'm still waiting for where the hell Melisandre is. Where is she? Did she go? Did she? I'm starting to think, did she sneak past the wall or something? Is she, is she really, is he taking, did, did he say to her or she say to him, look, we came here for the same reason, but kind of different reasons. I'm going to go and check out what's happening with this zombie army and do whatever magic stuff I got to do because now I'm close to the wall. And you take care of the Night's Watch, Jon Snow, all that kind of stuff. And let's get, like, our dual purposes done at the same time because I still don't understand where she is. We saw her once with Jon Snow, and then she's gone. And I thought she'd be all over this. She's the one who wanted to come here. Yeah, you know, and I think that's, I mean, we got a lot to talk about at the wall, why I'm pissed, why I'm excited. But I think the biggest thing that happened is not seeing Melisandre because there's something going on. that you, you She doesn't just disappear for a few episodes and then all of a sudden it's, it means nothing, Jon Snow. But yeah, there's something going on and I want to know. She's got to be doing, you would think she's doing something with the wildlings or she's, I, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm trying to figure out, I think the way you said it is the best thing. She's got to be doing her part away and because it does look with stannis when things are happening and you see him watching it's almost like did melisandre predict this stuff or he or is he just that smart and he's five steps ahead he just seems like he knows what's happening which is interesting yeah but john snow doesn't go with him and stannis says to him you know you're too honorable just like your father i mean he right down the line and may, and you know, that's a hell of a thing coming from Stannis. Right. Um, right. And, uh, he just kind of says, all right, then do your best with the, um, wildings. Hopefully, uh, you can install the new guy and he'll be more, uh, friendly towards you, but I'm going to Winterfell and he doesn't say who he's taken with him. Maybe something else nope. happened that we don't know. Or, mm -hmm. you know, that's why, I don't know, that's why I feel like we're only getting half the story of what's really going on there with Stannis. Um, but I was kind of back in the Stannis court. I was like, oh, okay, maybe Stannis is getting a little bit of sense back into him because he, I was just waiting for him to get desperate again like he has in the past and he's not getting there, which I kind of like. Yeah, it almost seems, yeah, it almost seems like, he, he's not jumping the gun and he's kind of going with it. But why um, my first emotion at the wall is being pissed off. I'm glad John is Lord Commander and all that. But I'm like, just take the Stark name and go kill the Boltons. I know it's not going to be that easy. But it just frustrates me that he won't become John Stark. Talk me off the wall, Axel. Why is this good that he's not going to take the Stark name yet? Well, I think the reason is a very... And it's a credit to this show that these characters are very well drawn out there. They, they, they follow, you're an actor, Heath, and you know that when, you know, a lot of films and TV shows can be thrown off and it's very hard to write where a character actually doesn't veer towards the plot. They stay true to their, their own intentions and their own motivations mm -hmm. 
And this action is above all else in line with John Stark's motivations and who he is as a person. We saw him already try to escape the Night's Watch as soon as he got there. He wanted to leave and go rescue Ned, remember? And his his, his friends brought him back, and he really, since then, has just become a man. And he, look at all he's gone through, um, you know. Yeah, so I guess he can't, if he took the Stark name, he still couldn't be Lord Commander. Because I remember Benjamin Stark was at the wall with the Stark name. But is it, if he does that, then he's going to have like a different mission and have to leave the wall? Is that under Stannis' protection? Well, Is that why he's not taking it? But that's not what Stannis was offering him, though. What, okay. What Stannis was off was saying to him was, "If you go back to Winterfell with me, and fight with me, and also kind of convince, try to convince the Wildlings to come with me if you can, because I need that army, then yep. I'll give you your Stark name." If you agree to do that. So he doesn't, he could, if, if Stannis wanted to, he could have kneeled down before he leaves. Maybe in the next episode, he can go up to Jon Snow and he can say, Jon Snow, come over here. Hey, listen, I'm going to just give you the Stark name anyway. And then he could just stay there and be a Stark and be at the wall. Of course, those things are not, they have nothing to do with each other. But that doesn't help Stannis anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he was only going to give it to him if he did all these if other he's... things. Now, do you think Davos stay, staying by and kind of giving him the heart to heart, do you think that helps in the long run? Or what, what do you think the purpose of that was? Again, it's like Stannis doing his thing, being cold, and then Davos is the, the you know, the warm reason. Or is there, do, you, do you see anything foreshadowing after that? little one-on-one or that's just Davos being Davos. Yeah. I think it's Davos being Davos, man. And may I, hopefully if it foreshadows anything is some sort of understanding between Jon Snow and Davos, because he's a, he's uh you know, I guess as he's the hand of the King. Right. And he, mm-hmm. it's part of his job. Well, half yeah. Half hand of the King. <laughs> um, part of his job is to, um, solidify these relations. Yeah. I like Davos. He's, He's a, a good nice guy, guy, man. Yeah. What do you got next, Heath Solo? All right. Well, okay. The next thing I want to hit... Oh, what do I want to hit? Um, I, You know... We gotta go to Volantis, High Valyrian, and the good old Varys and Tyrion. And I'm I'm glad Tyrion got out of that box. He was going crazy. It was pretty funny. But uh, I mean, they go. They, it's amazing how they go into the brothel, and then you see our boy Jorah, baby. He he's there getting hammered. He's upset that. You know, prostitutes are looking like uh, a prostitute's looking like Daenerys, and she's the most uh, requested uh, whore. Uh, 
and, and and then of course Tyrion doing his old you know taking a leak off the edge and uh Jorah kidnaps him and says like I'm taking you to the queen and they're not specific yet you know Jorah ain't taking him to Cersei unless I don't know I, I doubt it I'm thinking is, is that could that be a peace offering to for to, for him to get back to Daenerys and his good her good, good graces is Varys gonna be like what are you doing Jorah hey it's me Varys uh, let's go together I, what are you thinking Axel what are you thinking uh, where Jorah's going with the little imp. Um, I think he's definitely going to Daenerys, man. There's no way that he's going to Marjorie or he meant Cersei. He, he's going to Daenerys. Yeah. This is his way of saying, look, look what I got you. I, I proved to you that I had previously, you know, made this deal with the Lannisters that I told you I knew was a mistake to kill you. And now um, I'm coming back with a Lannister to show you how serious I am about you, how much I switched sides. Here, here's the little imp, you know, take him. Um, I, I thought it was, and then very good. Oh, I'm sorry, Axel. I got all excited when you, oh, no, no, say that's, good things. that's fine. Um, go ahead. What were you going to say about varies? Oh, no, just real quick. Would varies, if varies goes with them, you know, varies would be a good, like, if Daenerys doesn't believe Jorah, it's like, varies is like, listen, this is the deal. This is the reason why he was spying on you, because I'm backing you, and we wanted to make sure you were safe, and maybe spin it in that way. Do you think varies can help Jorah's case to get back with her? Um... I I don't know. I didn't really think about it. I, I was thinking more along the line that now that Varys and um and Tyrion had been separated, or have they? You know, maybe Varys was watching, maybe maybe he's part of the thing. Maybe he snuck up mm-hmm. to uh Jorah and said, Hey, look, look, look who it is. The little imp is here. Let's grab <laughs> him and take him back. Maybe he saw it as maybe he didn't know what was going on between Daenerys, right, and Jorah, and was thinking, "Oh, this is our way in," you know. But um, you never know how things could turn out so quickly in this show. That's what's so awesome about it. Um, but I do think it's it is kind of funny the way you said too that he's like again he's like sitting there pissing and something happens and <laughs> you know he's just like always like bumbling his way into situations that are probably in his for his benefit because we were talking about how are how is he going to even get near enough to her to speak to her you know Mm -hmm. so this could actually turn out to be a good thing for Tyrion that he gets there he gets dumped out of a sack or another box or whatever and he's like queen you must understand I was coming to coming to see you you know and then we mm-hmm. fought, and then Vary steps out of the shadows or something. We don't because we don't even know what communication. This thing where Littlefinger and Cersei were passing notes reminded me of that again. And I think once Tywin for the first couple episodes of this season, because Tywin was the one always passing the notes. I guess I, I as a viewer kind of forgot. Oh wait, you know other people are doing this. We have no idea what kind of. Um, communication has been going on 
and we're seeing so much of this now another the biggest thing for me from this was that this high this priestess of the lord of light was extolling danny as the queen of fire yeah you know and what did i say earlier man that i thought that melisandre was in on this with varies and because i Mm, because it's just dragons fire you know what i'm saying i mean that was all it really took and i don't think it's a huge leap and now we see it we see a lot of religion in this episode and seeing so danny is becoming the 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 head of this lord of light religion yeah you know what it's 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 amazing that you know she's struggling with what's going on in marine and and with her new small council and everything's going on and she may not realize unless she has her own spiders but it's like she's focused so much eternally on what's going on in marine that the rest of the world is developing their alliances and who they're gonna back and it's almost like setting up the future like oh my gosh when daenerys thinks maybe she's lost it or whatever all of a sudden all this other backing comes in and it's like see all the good work you've been doing you've been focusing on what's internal at home Ah. but you know everything else is kind of branching out and she's getting a bigger following without even realizing it yeah that's an amazing that is an amazing point heath solo that is an absolutely interesting point here and once again it shows the layers to this show you know this is like lost kind of stuff where you think the others are this person then it turns out there's a whole nother story there is yep, yep. Th- this whole other story and we but we've known that it's coming and people who are watching have known that the magic the 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 old lore and history the religions the 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 the, the um the seven the lord of light all these sparrow people th- there's a connection here to the old, to what originates this story, to what's beyond the wall. And this whole show, I mean, remember when this show first started and being total newbies like we were, I didn't even know that there were drag. I didn't think there was anything mystical about this show. Mm -hmm. I watched the first episode and I thought, Oh, this is awesome. This is a political thriller in the Middle Ages. Yeah. And then it wasn't until it 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 kept on building and then I started to say, "Wait a second. This story is really the whole story is about the rise, the return of of magic, of spirit, of the unknown to a world that had at this point been barren of that it's a it's like it's a lot like star wars dude i was just gonna say that i felt like it's just like episode four where everything's kind of been in ruins and it's starting to build back up again Uh, and that's what this journey has been and that's why i think jj abrams made the great decision or whoever else was involved kathleen kennedy all those cats we could get glenn ewing on here to talk about it (laughs) um is that's why the new Star Wars isn't called, you know, the Force is back and everybody loves it like the prequels were. It's called The Force Awakens. We're again yep. being reintroduced to a universe 
that has forgotten its magic. Because why? That's the, that, that's the biblical world we live in. We live in a world dominated by three major religions, all of people of the book, quote unquote, of the Bible, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity are all people of the book. It's all the same God. It's just in different orders, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, we often say to each other, even people who are very religious, they, they think they see a miracle, but nobody believes anymore. We don't live in the time of miracles. We, and we desperately want to return to that. There's this desperation, even in this modern society where we're recording a podcast through computers, which people will then, a majority of people will download on their phone, okay, mm -hmm. which includes all the knowledge of the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> Still, still, people are fighting and dying over a religions that believe in things like returning from the dead, do, being able to do things magically, a God uh, interfering with or, or controlling the lives of men. And this Game of Thrones is like that. And I think that Maybe we'll, we've really only seen Stannis get swept away with it. Are we seeing that? Is this is what is this what is going to happen to Cersei? Is Cersei toying with this religion as a way to gain power? But will she become a follower? That's something yeah. I started to think. Yeah, because she's given Kyburn like uh, carte blanche. Yeah, Whatever which side is it? it? Yeah. I mean, he's just, oh, you want the head? Go, you know, take the head. But but see, you're saying, you th immediately thought uh, Kyber, and I was thinking the um, the High Sparrow, which are two sides of this thing, right? Like, I think that it's like the dark side and the light side. Mm -hmm. Which side is Cersei going to gravitate to? Which one is she going to, we think it's going to be the dark, but... Could it actually but, be the light? Oh, man. Could she give up everything and give up? And while Jamie is out in Dorne, when he gets back, Cersei is in robes and doesn't drink wine and realize that she had lived her entire life at the hands of her father and she had committed incest with her brother and she just gives up her children and everything she holds dear to follow this guy. I wouldn't be surprised because she has... She is, she is, has been, I mean, she too, like Sansa, has lived this life where, as a beautiful woman, she's just been toyed with by the powerful men around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, that's, that's a fantastic point, Axel. Could we be seeing the transformation or change of her? Like, I mentioned transformation before, and it was unclear, but now talking with you, what if she goes a different route now? It, you know, that and goes more to, you know, the light side or, the, you know, the white side versus the dark. And because, you know, even when Marjorie's like, oh, you know, it's a little, can we get you some wine? It's a little early for us, but I know you like your wine or whatever. And it's like, whoa. And even Jamie, when he came back, he's like, wow, you're drinking more. And now maybe it's like a cleanse for her and she's realizing she needs to go a different route. Yeah. 
and, and, and you know, we start the season with a flashback of her. Like maybe she was on this path, like you said, controlled by men around her. You know, you have to marry this person. You have to have these babies. And, and maybe it was in her head that her destiny was set by going to see this witch. And maybe now she's realizing I can control. I can now, you know, do things the way maybe that I want to. Maybe, you know, it was a constant struggle. I mean, it was with her. I mean, constant struggle back and forth, being told what to do. And basically, I mean, because she tells Sansa, you know, a few seasons ago, you know, the only thing you can is love your children and hold on to that. And that because that's the only thing that no one can take away from you. And now her children are pretty much all gone. You know, uh, there's one in Dorn, Joffrey's dead. And now, you know, Tommen is getting, you know, wrapped around Marjorie's finger. Yeah. And so we're she's like, wait a minute. Now I'm losing that. So it's almost like she has to go a different route. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, in my mind. This show is really interesting this season because we are there is with Tywin kind of bowing out as such a strong male patriarchal figure. We're seeing with Cersei, Daenerys, Sansa, Arya, we're seeing these women who are getting an opportunity, not all for the same reason, but it's happening to really come into their own and take power individually and really take control of their own agency and their own storylines. And I could, in the same way that we see Arya give up everything, okay, but she saves her sword, which I thought was kind of cool because I could see Jachen Hagar, her later admitting to him, Jachen, Yakin, <laughs> I didn't throw away the sword. And I could see him saying, to do what we do, one must need a sword. Wouldn't one? Yeah, he's like Yoda. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, damn, I get it. The one thing I kept really wasn't me. It was what started this journey to becoming no one. Because that is what that sword is. That sword is not Arya. That sword is no one she, that was her first step to this journey so really she kept the only thing that proves that she's ready to do this journey you know i love this kind of stuff man and i could see i really could this episode just kind of i i'm pretty convinced that that's what's going to happen with cersei i think that there's going to be Whatever she's going on with Kyburn and whatever he's doing, making these creatures and perhaps what he, it, there was another mention. I thought this was interesting too. You know, I love the theory stuff, but Tyrion made another mention of the grayscales. Yes. What's going on here? I'm starting to think that the grayscales and the walkers are the same thing. Oh. That. When they remember how he turned that baby into, mm -hmm. is that what happened to uh to Stannis's daughter? Was she touched but then taken away and the process couldn't complete? Is this what this grayscale is? Are the people beyond the wall 
the evolution of man like are is this so, a new creature like or is this like a kind of uh I don't want to say spoilers for a, a book that's 40 something years old, but like childhood's end, it's soon to be a mini series on sci-fi. I don't have too much hope for it, but my, one of my favorite books of all time, um, we're live on the film list, but is that, no, it's little fell. That's a... <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> Hey, this is going to be on the film list. Feed. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, so all this stuff, this is really exciting me. And I totally think, I only listened to about the first five minutes of the initial reaction this morning, but I think DJ Tim Hines is totally right. And I think that this episode we're going to look back at as the true genesis for kind of the final act. The, the shape of things to come. Yes, baby. Exactly. It is. That's what this episode is. The shape of things to come. And um, I, I thought it was, it really excited me. And I, the first two episodes, I watched, I rewatched parts of them. This is the first episode that like, as soon as we're done, probably I have to go rest my back and mm -hmm. sit in my like perfect chair that cradles me. So I heal. I'm going to rewatch this episode because it was, it was so dense and things started to take a turn. And I so enjoyed, I loved that stuff with Arya and at the house of black and white. I'm a huge fan of like that type of Eastern, what we consider to be like Eastern philosophy, or really even just, it doesn't have to be Eastern, mystical side mm -hmm. of things. And you could see the way that um, what, what uh, Cersei is getting into is really more of like the, well, we Western now, but the, the like Christianity um, type thing of like a man of the people who gives himself to the people and it, 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 you know, what, what can I do if they make me, if they call me the savior, mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. And then what Arya is going through, which is like becoming, giving, you give away everything, including the self. There is no, there could be no person to personify because there is no person all right got a little trivia for you mr axel all right i'm ready pal all right who gave needle to aria ned stark no it was john Snit. oh the Snit. yeah before john snow Snit. went to the wall john Snit. uh before he went to the wall he gave it to aria and he you know the famous quote stick them with the pointy end and oh, ned yeah. then came in and was like what is this and she was trying to hide it and ned kind of like is like you can keep it but you know and they talk about you know eventually you know tr help you know helping her get trained and stuff but yeah it was john snow because i remember when doing the season one rewatch the embrace aria gives john snow how close they were and literally that's the last scene they were ever in together so i'm wondering in the future you know, Arya, Jon Snow, I really want that reunion. But it's just ironic that it's Jon Snow who gave Needle to Arya. Just little, little, little A-Hustler trivia of the week. That's really you. interesting. Again, this episode with the um, dualities coming through, and then you see Jon Snow certainly uh, got him with the sharp edge. Yes. Uh, we forgot oh, to... 
Yeah, talk about him taking down Janice. I was I was shocked. I thought he was going to show mercy at yep. the last second there. I really did. And then he chops Janice's head off. I mean, he had to, though, because he called him out. But isn't it amazing how uh, Sir Alistair ended up turning his back on his buddy Janice? So I'm wondering what his thing is. I mean, the fact that John named him the, you know, the first ranger and didn't exile him, well, not exile, but send him to a different castle to you know and so i'm wondering does he realize now that he better back john snow or else or does he have something cooked up to overthrow him you know i'm just like all these things are going through my head see i just saw it as him being a soldier that he realized in that moment he had a choice to make similar mm. to the choice that john snow made which is are you going to allow your personal feelings for someone to get in the way or are you going to give them the, the due respect they earned just for doing their job? And he gave him the, Jon Snow gave him the respect, right? By elevating him and mm -hmm. saying for all the work you've done, for how you helped us at the wall, for all the time and, and, and experience that you have. But your buddy over there, he hasn't done any of that. He's just your dumb buddy, bro. So yeah. you're going away, pal. You I don't need to see any longer and you can go rot. And it showed that Jon Snow, I, I just, that whole sequence was such a, it was such a rapid ascension to a character having the opportunity to be the person they could be and always were. And that's what I think happened with Jon Snow. Because look, he could have just said, you know, the first thing he does is say, who's going to build the latrine? And then, of course, he has to make fun of a ginger, which I took yeah. personally. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it, okay? I'm, I am a redheaded American. You're, you're going to um, steal the train. podcast <laughs> little fell. Um, well, anyway, I'll let that no, racist doesn't... statement slide. He's so low. Okay, okay let it. It's <laughs> early. <laughs> Excuse me. We're live. Um, but the way that it built up was just incredible because what Jon Snow did was he just sat there and he said, he was looking around sees everybody talking and he was like this is boring man i can't i can't allow this i can't allow that i'm the new i'm the new uh commander and all i do is just let the same apathy let the same i've got to set the tone here yep and he immediately set the tone when there was that lull there was that lull there and someone else could have spoken up could have said something and, you know, he did a little back and forth. I like the way that Sam's, like, sitting in the crowd, but he's kind of, like, still his right-hand man. Yes, Sam. <laughs> you know, I wonder if Sam, I, I don't, I wonder if somehow, because Meister Eamon wasn't there, he said he was sick. I wonder if he's off on some journey with Melisandre or something or, or investigating her. I don't know. There's something else got to be going on. But I wonder if Sam can somehow take that role without being... A, a maester like this sam i don't know if that's what sam wants you know he's a wizard <laughs> yeah but he's also he loves gilly too so yeah. you know what i mean like i could see that becoming a 
something in the future, which I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. But anyway, the whole sequence was incredible. The, chal- the way he challenged him all the way up into the end. I was shocked. I thought that he was going to say, give some speech and say, as your commander, I don't need to rule by with murder. We can spare this man, but we know that he should have never been in the Night's Watch and he will be and then immediately expelled him, like marched him right out the doors without taking his stuff and just expelled him. That's what I thought he was going to do. But he lopped his head off, man. And I still don't know how I feel about that. Dude, you know, I love the little Irish kid who's like his right hand man. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that little kid. He's just so like opening the door back and forth. He looks like he wants to get into a boxing match like a bare knuckle. But I just I I just I like that little kid. And I think that kid knows that he killed. I think the kid now knows because I forgot to mention on the initial reaction last week. Last week, you know, someone mentioned John laying with the wildings. Mm-hmm. And and then they had a shot of that kid. I think that kid, they've yet to directly address the fact that Jon Snow looked at that kid and said, kid, you killed the woman I loved. You know that, right? I mean, I know that you were trying to kill a wildling. Mm-hmm. And she did. She deserved it. I mean, we saw her killing other people. You know, and we killing, saw. I think, didn't she kill her, the, uh, her um, his, mother? Or oh, yeah, that's right. Or whatever. I, yeah. Think, I think you're right. <clears throat> Or the father. I can't remember which yeah. one. I, I, th- I think one of the fen- fens. Or Either whatever. way, we know that she is complicit in the murder of his entire village. Yes, yes. So Jon Snow no- can't blame this kid at all. And plus, the kid thought that he was saving Jon Snow's life. She had her bow drawn. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that... Uh, but we haven't seen that directly yet, so I think that's kind of cool if we never do. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. This is one of the one of the things in this show. I don't need that. I don't need um, a scene with this kid and John. The fact that John made him his um, uh, what what is he called? I, I his first mate, you know, his, <laughs> yeah, basically first... like his his uh, his butler. Yeah. His... Apprentice his or... apprentice butler, yeah, is yeah. enough for me. And it's I thought stupid. that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, real quick, just some quick points uh, before we wrap up, Axel. Uh, did you did you at all feel weird when Ramsey's like, Ramsey's like, I will never hurt uh, Sansa. But I'm thinking, but he never said I will let some other people hurt her. And what about the shot of all the all Ramsey's girls upset? Yeah, that was like, oh my god. I, you know what, Heath Solo? I honestly thought at, I think I, uh, um, I paused the show for like a minute, and it was at like thirty two minute or something, whatever. I thought that the Boltons would be dead by the end of the episode. Oh wow! I I, I think they might be dead by next episode. Oh shoot. Already? Yeah, I don't know. I just got this feeling that even though I think Littlefinger is somehow BSing Sansa and he has other reasons for doing what he's doing, those reasons aren't going to last very long. And I and I wouldn't be surprised that whatever messages are going back and forth between him and mm-hmm. Cersei are 
going to be a little bit more interesting than we may have thought. Did you feel, though, that Littlefinger, like Bolton, was on to Littlefinger a bit and Littlefinger seemed a little shocked or off balance? Or do you think he's just playing that? That's why I think they're going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Because I think that Littlefinger, there's no way somebody could get over, especially not Roose Bolton. You know, that guy is not the smartest, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, he's a warrior and he's a, he battles and stuff, but come on, he, he's not as smart. Like finally he understands, Hey, by the way, you know, now that we have Winterfell, maybe you shouldn't skin people. Yeah. Like he hadn't figured that out his whole life that his, that his bastard son was a complete psycho. Oh dude, he's crazy. He's crazy. Ramsey's in Like, it's a little too little too late, you know? Yeah. And they like to do that in this show, where somebody gets enlightened and then they're dead the next season. Uh, Not season um, second. Yeah. And in the house of uh, black and white, the the guy who, you know, he he drank the water and then basically, quote unquote, died, and they're washing his body. Do you think he comes back to life and that's how he's like, how you're kind of resurrected in a sense? Or do you think that person's dead? Uh, you know, my initial reaction was that people come there to die. Mm-hmm. That certain people maybe come there for a new life and certain people come there to die. Maybe they maybe they do, along with being assassins, because they're of this spiritual ilk, they, um, they do like assisted suicides. Mm, interesting. You know, or maybe it, maybe that guy was giving himself up for some religious reason, or maybe you're right. Maybe he rises from the dead to be a a, a faceless man. I thought it was a little weird though. I have to say the way she keeps on saying faceless, she's not a man. Yeah. You know, like at some point, I wonder if Yakin Hagar is going to say to her, you can, you, you can never be a faceless man because you are a woman and you should use that. Like, mm. walk through this world knowing that, because unless you do, I mean, we've seen what this world is like, and though there are very powerful women, there are also just as many men who are like the men in our world who yeah. uh, will take advantage of women. You know, it's just like the whole thing, we don't hurt small children in Dorn. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's... Girls. Yeah, or maybe like he's been an assassin for so long and now he's finally resting after his long journey. Oh. Could be one of those too. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like it though, man. Yeah, I, it I, got me. Yeah. So I think that's about it, Heath Solo. We've gone pretty long. Um, this has been a great discussion. I'm happy to have had this opportunity to chat with you. I'm sure that we could come up with about a million other things to talk about, but We'll have that opportunity. You're going to jump on one of these initial reactions for podcast uh, uh, Winterfell soon? Probably in a, I can't next Sunday, but maybe the following Sunday. It, it depends what's going on. But yeah, I definitely want to jump on the initial reaction because I miss talking with Mikey Hull, Timmy Hines, Donald Jr., and of course, Matt Murdoch. So yeah, um, I don't know why I said it like that, Matt, Matt Murdoch. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely want to jump on one of those. Hopefully, when my schedule uh, get you know gets a little better, I was in uh, at the beach with my cousins and, and Lady Solo. So we were uh, down in El Segundo. My cousin oh. bought a new house. Oh my God, Heath, you want to know something? 
What's that, buddy? I left my wallet in El in Segundo. <laughs> got to get it. Got, got to get it. I did. And for those over 30, you will understand yeah. what that is. I, I, of course, I was singing that as I was driving into El Segundo. That's great, man. Well, I hope, I think I will return next week. My back, this has been, I got, you know, back issues, man. I tell you, dude, it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon. And I know like everybody I work with has different back issues and, when my back popped out, man, it was, I just knew I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to, it was, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was just like, are you at the house of black and white? I just had to give up everything and say, all I'm doing is getting my back better. So I just laid down and played video games. And as we had talked about, um, on the Twitter, I know you've played the telltale game of Thrones, uh, video game. Yeah, dude, I, I played episode one. And then episode two, there's like a glitch where I keep getting stabbed. <laughs> oh, so, no. Yeah, so I, I hope they fix it or whatever. It's weird. It's like, I yeah, I'm just, I kind of deleted it, re-downloaded it, so maybe it, it'll be fixed. But I'm like, it gives you no chance to move from getting stabbed. So it keeps, but it's weird because they use foul language and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. in the game i'm like oh this is new this is different from in television yeah man i've been loving the walking dead one that i've had i bought it on, it was on sale and i bought it on xbox like oh a year or so ago or something and um i liked i didn't like it but now i love it i'm into the way that the game plays and i totally want to do the game of thrones one because the walking dead is a world that is so dour Mm -hmm. Um, but the game of Thrones world is of course very dour, but it has a bit of humor in it and there's a bit of levity. And I kind of like, um, that you could probably walk around a little bit without getting uh, jumped by a zombie. Oh, I'd like for now, for now, for now. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to podcast. Little fell Heath and I again are amazed and uh, bedazzled, um, by the, fantastic reception that we've received for this show and we want to just thank matt again for being the godfather of all of these podcasts and shepherding us through this journey i look forward to being on the initial reaction next week solo any last words oh uh, yeah just uh our podcast little fell feed is still pending so look for it on itunes hopefully this week and remember to follow us on the twitter you can follow Axel Foley at W Axel Foley, and you can follow me at Heath Actor, and of course, you got to follow Matt Murdock Winterfell Pod because that's where you get all the great information. Yeah, baby, go to podcastwinterfell.com. You can do a bunch of um, different stuff over there. You can l hear what other people have to say. You can take uh, what does Matt do? Those polls. Yep. You can um, tweet a podcast Winterfell and get your brothel mates of the week and your three words in there. And, and couplings. Oh, oh, that no, that is brothel yeah, mates. Yeah, coupling, brothel mates, baby. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> you got excited because we were back at the brothel for a minute there yeah, in the last yeah. episode, right? I was like, Braun, yeah. you're right. It's your recommendation. It's been so long. When they opened up on that scene, I was like, what are we getting into here, baby? And I was like, oh, of course, we're a little uh, Fingers Brothel. I like it. Yeah, game of boobs. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
See you later, Daragales. What does Daragales mean? That's what I don't know, but that's what uh, <laughs> Daenerys called people like Daragales. I like it. <laughs> You've been listening to Podcast Winterfell. Find the podcast blog at podcastwinterfell.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter, twitter.com slash winterfellpod. Contact the podcast either by email, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com, or by calling the listener line, 314-669-1840. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.